Hello, everyone. I'm Keith Carlson, and welcome to part two of my conversation with Johan Detweiler. A lot of people obviously say it's it's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, and obviously, you've you've had a, a very successful career, and it's still growing. What would you say in terms of uh, networking, some of the methods that have worked for you in the past, both in your industry and out of the industry? Yeah, yeah. Well, so, you know, networking now, obviously, with like LinkedIn and everything like that. Easier been, now than ever. You uh, think, I mean, right? it's, it's yeah. so easy. I mean, right. you can you can literally put a post on on LinkedIn and you'll start just having companies reach out to you for mm -hmm. partnerships. It's crazy. But one of the things that I have really started to see and, and what has really grown Talatex partnerships is being honest whenever somebody calls you. And, and what I mean by that is we've had, so like the FedRAMP program is a very confusing program. There, there's a lot of details that you have to learn. And so we get a lot of clients that reach out to us and ask us, you know, we're being told that we need to meet FedRAMP. Can you do this work for us? And my first thing is that I always schedule a call as soon as anyone reaches out. We set aside a half an hour. And I tell you what, like 75% of the time when these people reach out to us, they don't actually need us. They don't need us to do that work. It's work that they could do themselves or they're, they're being misinformed. They're, they're being asked for FedRAMP when they don't need FedRAMP. And honestly, I have talked myself out of a lot of work. But in doing that, we've developed these really amazing partnerships because these people know that when they ask us a question, it's not just business oriented. We're, we're interested in sharing knowledge. We wanna make the entire IT security environment more aware, more informed. And so, you know, I'll tell them straight up, I don't think you guys need us for this. I think this is something that your team can do. But, you know, if you have a need in the future, please reach out. And that has happened numerous times. So obviously networking, there's the, the technological aspects with Facebook and LinkedIn and all of that, attending conferences. I think all that's pretty straightforward. But really what I have found is you don't need to talk yourself into work. You just need to share your knowledge and the work will come to you. And I always found that, right. I always found that the work will find you if you're open, honest, transparent, and of course, good at what you do, right? So it seems like you're pretty much Exactly, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, right now, I mean, we're finding ourselves with almost too much, you know, we, we have too many of those great relationships that we've developed. And, 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 you know, we're looking to grow the team and, and we can barely handle it. So that's awesome. But always man. a good thing, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so for the next generation of the, you know, up and comers in the cybersecurity field and cy future cybersecurity leaders, what advice do you have for them to help them uh, prepare for a future in the industry? Well, you know, honestly, I, I feel like a lot of them are coming to it with a leg up over definitely what I had. I mean, because, sure. because oh, yeah. technology is so integrated into society right now. I mean, just the day-to-day -day interactions that somebody has with a piece of Internet of Things or, 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 or computers or anything like that is just so much beyond what I had. Like I talked about earlier, you know, having to be detail oriented, having to understand that there are times when you are just going to have to sit down and read that thousand page document that's incredibly boring. You know, you're going to have to write something that's not the most interesting thing in the world. But always understanding that when you're doing that, you're setting yourself above the people that are just 
here to exist in the IT security industry. You are really, you are carving yourself out. It may not seem like it at that point. You will definitely be rewarded for knowing that thousand page document or having the capability to write that really tedious document because that knowledge is now something that you own and it's something that you can share and it's something that's, that people are going to appreciate. And, and again, that sets you above a lot of people out there that are just kind of, you know, treating it like a job, uh, not necessarily looking at it as a career. Understand that, you know, you might not always love what you're doing, but it's always working towards a larger goal and people respect knowledge. They really, truly do, especially in this industry. Very well said. I would agree. So switching gears real quickly to ISACA in general now. So how did you become involved with ISACA? You know, you guys like kind of reached out to me, which is I've always used all of your kind of materials. I've, I've researched a lot through Isaka, but honestly, you guys reached out to me back in 2021, which was kind of shocking. And I think Janet, our, our, our lovely PR person, she's had a lot to do with it. She's always out there getting my name out there. So I, I definitely appreciate that. But yeah, it was um, kind of, uh, we did a, a podcast back in 2021. It was super informative and super fun. And then, you know, obviously you guys are, just one of the biggest names in the IT security industry. So, you know, whenever I do a Google search, I usually end up using your your materials and things like that. So it's just been a mutual relationship so far, and it's been really great. How do you think that ISACA would help the next generation of industry leaders? I know we spoke about how you see the next generation of leaders and your advice, but how can ISACA help the next generation? Uh, I mean, it's it's 100% through your training materials, through your programs, um, your in-person courses, everything like that. You guys have started to also move a little bit more from just the, the sort of uh, really specific security-focused certifications and things like that into more of those executive level, C-level type, you know, certifications, you know, do you want to be a CISO? Well, here, there's there's a course that can teach you that. Um, and that's really invaluable because, you know, like we were talking about earlier, the ability to delineate work. I never thought that was like a skill that you could learn, but it is. And you guys actually are starting to, to develop course material and uh, resources that talk about, you know, the, I guess, soft touch skills is probably the way to describe it, the skills that you need to manage and, and become an executive. And again, I never really thought that was even a thing. I just thought it kind of comes along, you know, as you get more experience, you, you get better at that, but that's not true. It's something that you have to practice. It's something that you have to read about and understand. And I think that's that's just a really key area that ISAC is moving into that that is really awesome, is, is the ability to kind of you know, spread out your, your knowledge factors from, from very uh, focused areas to, to a little bit of those more soft touch areas. So one of the final questions that I had, again, regarding ISACA in general, but is very important to me. And it's one of the things that I've always spoken about, no matter where I've worked, no matter what audience I was speaking to, whether it was you know, friends or family or, or coworkers, but especially in the field that we're in, right, it's in terms of cybersecurity and IT in general, Things are changing so fast, just like even when I speak about, again, whether it's cybersecurity or even when I'm talking about like marketing these things, it's like things are changing on a year to year. And now it's like a month to month basis that how things were 10, 20 years ago are so different than they are today. I could even make an argument that things a year or two ago are so much different than they are a year today. It's like it's always changing and it's tough for a lot of people to wrap their head around 
the constant changes and the amount of changes. So I guess given all the, the current trends and the news and, and information flow, how do you stay on top of what's coming next and, and how do you self-educate? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the the nice thing about the IT security industry is is uh, everyone is very forthcoming with sharing information, you know, so signing up to those bulletins, uh, ISACA has their blog posts and bulletins, you know, as as a IT security professional that works with the government, um, CISA and DOD and DHS all have bulletins where you can get um, notifications of both trends as well as kind of zero day things that are happening within the industry. So that's really kind of key is making sure that you're an active participant in the environment. You have to read those blog posts. You have to kind of decide what is important to where I'm at right now and what do I want to learn a little bit more about. And then obviously with the certifications, the requirements for continuing education, when I first started getting the certifications, I looked at those as being pretty burdensome, quite frankly. I was just like, oh man, I'm still learning. I got this job and now I have to maintain all this. Now I find those to be incredibly helpful because it gives me a reason to go out and say, this is the next thing that I want to learn about. And I'm going to do this one because I need to get 40 hours of these credits every year. Um, but also I know that this is an emerging trend. So let me educate myself about it. Recently, I just uh, took a course on containerization because that's the next biggest thing, right? Everything's being containerized right now. So why not do a 25-hour deep dive course on how to do containers? Do I do that on a day-to-day -day basis? No, I don't deal. You know. the next question. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> so how often do you do that and how do you balance? Where do you find the time? Unfortunately, you just kind of, you do have to make time. I, and I'm fortunate enough to where my organization actually understands that training is part of of your security career, right? So um, my organization will cover any costs of testing and security classes. If you have no projects, studying on company time is, is accepted. It's it's actually, you know, it's requested that we ask people to do that. But, you know, nine times out of 10, I'm still doing it at night or on the weekends just because, you know, you got a lot going on. Um, but it, it's something that that is important. You have to understand that there is no point where you're going to be able to become stagnant when you have an IT security career. Like you said, everything's changing, you know, I, I mean, containerizations uh, that 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 just kind of well, I mean, it's been around for a while, but we are really starting to see that crop up probably in the last 12 months where almost everyone coming to us is containerized. You know, when that first started becoming a popular word, I was like, I'm probably going to have to inform myself about this because I knew the idea, but people were coming and asking these really specific questions. And I was like, well, you know, I can't answer. The plan goes up, I, the years go up. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, yeah. So like I said, a 25 hour deep dive course in containers to, to understand it a little bit more. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's prioritizing too, you know, as an IT security professional, you are allowed to have your specializations and things that you like more than other things, right? I'm not a huge fan of development or anything kind of around that. So I don't know any languages. I don't really, you know, I just know the basics and I've kind of accepted that I'm not ever going to be able to learn that. I hopefully have team members that can help me out when I need it, but I'm not going to specialize in that area. Can you speak to that? Finding the spot in the, you know, in IT and cybersecurity that you're most comfortable with that, you know, because obviously you don't want to get lost in the day-to-day -day of something that you don't have the passion for or something that gets redundant. Can you speak to finding some something that does interest you that you could sink your teeth into? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, that's that's something that you need to do. Um in you every know, aspect. 
Yeah, yeah every I mean, facet of life, right? It's so yeah. broad. I mean, IT security, you know, you could have somebody that specializes in just doing disaster recovery, which is just one small part of a, of a large, but it's so important, you know? And, and that is something that you have to do as an IT security professional is say, look, I am interested in this. I am interested in in so for me it's it's compliance. It's it's sort of the the policy procedure documentation involved with having a system running. I'm not really super enthused about learning about encryption or you know looking at looking at how various systems communicate, monitor their borders and things like that. I'm more interested in okay, you know you're, you have this really, really great piece of cutting edge technology that uses heuristics and, and looks at the traffic patterns and is like cutting edge, but have you documented it correctly? And have you explained how it's actually being used to the point where it's compliant with the requirements? Because just because something's brand new and cutting edge and maybe better than the previous versions does not necessarily mean that it's going to be compliant unless you take the time to document it properly and explain it properly. And so that's always been sort of my my area of interest is, is creating and helping people to develop that documentation, especially when they have cutting edge solutions. And, and, you know, that's, again, in a lot of ways, sort of the non-technical part of IT security. So I think I've always kind of just found myself coming from a non-technical background, kind of sticking in that area. But obviously, you know, if you're, if you like programming and, you know, you, you know, all of the, the programming languages, but you don't necessarily want to be a developer, you'd rather have a career in IT security, there is a huge need and a huge desire for from people like me to have people that understand that and can put it in the in the framework of IT security. Makes perfect sense. Because the next question I was going to be like, how translatable are some of these skills? If you're doing something that you've maybe you know, lost the passion for, or again, it's become redundant, or you want to go and take these skills somewhere else, a lot of the skills and attributes collected along the way, I would have to assume that a lot of them are translatable elsewhere. 100%. So one of the things right now with uh, these big kind of sort of cloud systems, uh, I'll use AWS, having somebody that understands AWS architecture, but maybe doesn't want to do it anymore, or did it for one specific reason. So, you know, maybe they learned all about AWS architecture, built a couple websites, served a couple clients, but now they're kind of tired of doing that. I would love to have somebody like that on my team, because from a compliance perspective, if I know that I need to monitor the system boundary, I could go to my AWS architect and I could say, hey, let's take a look at their system. And can you help me kind of understand how they've set up their traffic flows, where their monitors are, what services that they're using to monitor, and have they implemented these services correctly? So, you know, while they're not hands-on building anything or configuring anything, they're using their knowledge to look at what's there and tell me if they've done it properly. And that's that's hugely important. And you can do that with anything, you know. So if you're a specialist in Java and like I say, you used to develop applications, but now you don't. There are a bunch of controls where I have to look at uh, the language and make sure that it's it doesn't have errors written into the code. You can help me with that. You can help me with that, and and I would love that help. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think there's such an opportunity to to sort of branch out and grow. And then you know the reverse is the same. If you get tired of doing compliance, 
think about all of the skills that you gather. You know, I say that I don't specialize in encryption, but I can talk about all the encryption methodology and how you could set that up in an AWS environment. So in a way, I'm sort of an AWS architect just de facto because I've done so much testing in that environment, you know, and, and I could probably go in and, well, I do have some AWS certifications, but I could probably apply that to more or I could help somebody to build out. So, you know, it's, it, you, you really, if you're getting tired of one area, I think the nice thing that IT security presents is the ability to just move into a new area and, yeah. and find your interest. Yeah, couldn't agree more. As we start to wrap up, we want usually close out with some interesting facts. Now, it's funny because we already, we spoke about the music, right? We spoke about the rock and roll stuff, uh, spoke about the audio books. So a lot of the things that I wanted to bring up, we already tackled. So <laughs> let's really quickly want to talk about your carpentry skills and building your own personal bars. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, I am, uh, I, well, I, not a, a professional, a, a hobbyist at best, I think. But, um, you know, when I do find myself with free time, that's that's usually I'm, I'm out in the garage with all kinds of power tools and usually a beer. And uh, so one of the last things I put together was I, I bought a bunch of old wine barrels um, and then I got uh, one of my neighbors had a fallen tree. And so basically I took the wine barrels and the tree and and uh, made myself a bar. And then actually I built my office. So that's all. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. <laughs> so that's that was awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah, that was one of the first things uh, when we moved into the new house. My wife was like, you know, you're going to be in your office a lot. I'm going to let you do whatever you want to it. And I was like, yeah. How long did that take you? Um, that was a good six month long project. Okay. Yeah, I that, figured that took a so while. When I was, it's funny because when I was first reading, I was like, oh, man put together his own bar he's in the music because at first your mind goes towards oh he built you know i built out a bar bar you know for people to go to instead of a personal bar so i'm thinking rock and roll a bar i was like oh man me and johan are gonna get together just fine dude it's great fun man <laughs> so uh yeah so in addition to um you know, real quickly the the audiobooks and the rock and roll speak to um your your love for like metallica and I think you learned the, the was it, kill them, kill them all, the guitar riff? Yeah, man. So like, this is so not anything to brag about. Um, but so I've been playing guitar for probably like 25 years, right? I'd love so, to pick it know, up. I would. Yeah, I, I should be so much better than I am. But recently I finally sat down. I was like, all right, you're going to start learning Metallica from their first record all the way through. So I've I've finally taught myself how to play all of Kill Em All, which is their first record. But the funny thing is, is, like, if you ever walk into a guitar center on like a Saturday morning, you'll find like 10, 12 year olds that are ripping out like Jimi Hendrix solos and, you know, killing Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains and Metallica. So what I've done is probably nothing to brag about, but at least it, it finally makes me happy. I can say I can I can play along to Metallica's very first record. And I, I've just recently moved on to their second record where I've understood that they got a lot better at playing guitar in between those two little victories exactly small victories so what the next next stop is uh on the to-do list album number two album number two yeah man started already or what i i have ride the lightning so i'm currently on fight fire with fire their first song and like i said unfortunately they got a lot better at playing guitar between those first two albums so a little bit more challenging on your end yeah i have to up my chops a little bit you gotta up it just a little bit yeah i hear you 
any other topics that we want to talk about really briefly or anything that you want to mention or discuss before we kind of part ways here? Um, you know, it just, I really would like to highlight, you know, for anyone out there that is, is looking for a career or looking to switch careers or um, is just interested in IT, um, I just, I can't say enough positive things about IT security. I mean, we, we are in such a need for skilled people right now. I mean, it is so hard for us to hire a lot of opportunity out there. The opportunity mm -hmm. is huge. The The pay scale is great. I mean, you know, I think it, it definitely tops uh, a lot of other industries. Oh, you a can lot start. of industries, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, you can start with a really, really good salary. Um, everyone has benefits and, and 401ks and all of that because we're all trying our best to attract the best talent. So, um, you know, if you're, if you're just graduating high school, you know, the thing about IT security is like I talked about kids that are graduating high school, they've had more exposure to technology than I probably had in my entire life, you know, so they're not at a disadvantage just because they're young, they could easily become, you know, one of the best players in IT security in just a few years. And, and really see themselves with a, a great salary, a great life, and a great career uh, very quickly. And then the same for somebody that's just tired of where they're at. It really, it makes no difference how old you are. If you have a desire to learn, there's so much to know. And if you're dedicated, man, this is an awesome career path. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Johan, thank you so much for your time, man. Uh, you and I could probably talk about this stuff all day, but uh, that's, that's all the time we have for today. So All right, man. Well, Maybe we can do it again. <laughs> yeah, no, I want to thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. You know, hopefully we can do it again soon. And, you know, to the audience, if you want to learn more about Johan, click on the link in the description below. I'm Keith Carlson, and thank you all for tuning in. Thank you. Thanks, Keith.